Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. Hello, everyone. I'm Minister Marvin Fant. And as always, I like to bestow upon you information, information that you can use, information that will be beneficial to your everyday lives. And those who know me know that I love to study the Bible. I love to come up with things that people overlook. I love to come up with things that I overlook. And I love to bring things to light, to shed light on it, to to expound upon God's truth. And today's particular message or lesson focuses on Isaac and Ishmael. One is in the lineage of Christianity and the other is in the lineage of Islam. And I know without a doubt, a lot of people don't know about that. They don't know a lot about what I'm about to uh, get into. And it starts with God's promise to Abram. And he says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this coming from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now, Abraham and Sarah's disobedience to have um, Abraham impregnate Hagar, I want to focus on that right now. See, Sarah was the wife of Abraham. Hagar was the servant of Sarah. God had promised Abraham many descendants, but 10 years after the promise, Sarah was still unable to have children. And so they thought they were both on the verge of becoming too old to have children at all. So becoming impatient with God, Sarah chose to give her servant Hagar to Abraham in accordance with the custom of the day so that Sarah could have a child through through her, this being in Genesis chapter 16, verse 2. But there is a huge lesson to learn and follow from, and that is to be patient no matter how long God's promise takes. 
And I'll add that most times that God takes a long time is because of us, be it our growth and acceptance of his promise, being our growth and and to accept the acceptance of his promise and that at times we hinder God in blessing us because of recent sins committed that will delay or stall blessings because of our failure to repent of our misdeeds. The blessings of God had to come through Sarah with the birth of Isaac because of the bigger picture and goal for that child to be linked to the future of the coming Christ. And I'll also go into right now is with um, Hagar and Ishmael being banished and that God promised to Hagar a nation will come from Ishmael. It says from the scripture, the child grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar, the Egyptian, had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about it. The boy and your about the, the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And I will make the son of the slave into a nation, nation also, because he is your offspring. And this is from Genesis chapter 21, verse 8 through 21. And I also want to emphasize that God is such a good God that even though even though this child, Ishmael, was born out of disobedience because God did not God did not put that forth. That was a disobedience on, on Abraham and Sarah's part. They went out of the will of God. But yet God, God still had to have his plan in place. And Ishmael was not part of that plan. And notice that God did not intervene in, in Hagar and Ishmael being put out. Notice that he did not intervene in that. But at the same time, he did let Hagar know, I will take care of the child. I will take care of the child. So Abraham's lapse of faith, particularly in regards to the situation with Hagar and Ishmael, shows us the mistake of trying to take matters into our own hands. And haven't we all done that before? And, it, and the situation should be now, when you realize that you should not take matters in your own hands, that you, we should try to be more in tune with God to, to be aware of these situations and, and not go ahead of him but to stay within his will because it benefits us greatly when we do that. But as I continue on, 
It says it shows us the mistake of trying to take matters into our own hands. God had promised the sons to Abraham and Sarah, but in their impatience, their plan to provide an heir to Abraham backfired. First, conflict between Sarah and Hagar arose, and later, and later on, conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. Those descendants were to become adversaries to Christianity because Ishmael's birth was the product of a sin which was in direct correlation to what God specifically and our Savior specifically commanded to Abraham and Sarah, as we later learn in the Old Testament uh, narrative. And so it continues to this day in the conflict between Israel and its Arab neighbors. We cannot fulfill the will of God in our own strength, in our own efforts, and ultimately end up creating more problems than they solve. This lesson has wide-ranging applications in our lives. God has provided, excuse me, promised to do something. When he has promised, to, if God promised to do something, then we must be faithful and patient and wait for him to accomplish, excuse me, accomplish it in his own timing. And no, this is not to say or think that all sins of birth have dire consequences. There are those who were born out of rape that have gone on to do great things in the name of Jesus. So, no, don't don't get me wrong on that that issue. Don't don't think that because of all um, the say a, a, a birth out of wedlock um, that that. The, the child will not be blessed. That's not what I'm saying. This was a specific situation that was the bigger picture of God's plan that the child Isaac had to be in the same lineage with Jesus. Now, here is a narrative on the side of Islam about Ishmael versus Isaac. Now, remember, this is coming from the Islamic perspective. The Islamic holiday, Qurbani Eid, is known as the Sacrifice Festival. Muslims celebrate this great feast of sacrifice on the 10th day of the last month of the Muslim year, according to their doctrinal scheme. This day celebrates the willingness of Abraham to sacrifice his son Ishmael by Hagar. Now, this is what they believe. If you remember the Old Testament account, you will be somewhat perplexed. Was not Isaac the one whom God instructed Abraham to offer? The difference is this. Christians accept the testimony of the Bible. Muslims reject the Bible and believe the Quran contains the inspired, uncorrupted record. So who is right? Although the Quran does not name the child whom Abraham was to sacrifice, and keep that in mind, the Quran does not name the child. And this is going to be a running theme here. Muslims believe it was Ishmael. Again, they believe it was Ishmael. Okay, that is another running theme. They believe it is Ishmael. Now, no, no, no certainty about it, but they believe, all right? An assumption. And they believe that that idea is supported by the Quran. 
Well, why doesn't the Quran name the child? Because the Bible has names and it has a timeline. The Bible is direct. It is succinct. It is to the point. It doesn't assume. But I'll continue on. One Muslim scholar, after citing a number of texts from the Quran, concludes, it is quite clear that Ishmael was the son to be sacrificed and not Isaac. Peace be upon both of them. And we also see how corrupt the Bible is. This is coming from the um, Quran narrative. The Bible is not reliable. It was badly tampered with by man's alterations and narrations that we no longer can tell which parts of it are the true living words of God Almighty and which aren't. Now, I come across many people like this who, who will say this, okay? They will say, well, it's tampered by men and men and it doesn't have all of it. Look, the bottom line is, the bottom line is that the Bible is divine, divinely written meaning God spiritually inspired those he handpicked to pen the Bible and then gives a warning of dire consequences to anyone outside of his authors who change what is written, which over a period of time has led to false interpretations such as the readings of the Quran, but I'll continue on. Ishmael was 13 years older than Isaac, and Abraham loved God Almighty very much that he wanted to sacrifice his own son for him. If Ishmael's name represents Abraham's gratefulness to God Almighty after a desperate long wait to have a son, then it makes perfect sense that Abraham wanted to sacrifice Ishmael to God Almighty by giving him the most precious thing he ever had. Now, again, I reiterate that this is coming from the Muslim perspective. Now, that sounds great, but it's wrong because Abraham never voluntarily offered up Ishmael because Ishmael was never in the equation because God is about order. Thus, Ishmael was not birthed through Sarah. And in conclusion, God came to Abraham. I say that again. God came to Abraham to test Abraham if he would sacrifice his only son, his only son, Isaac. This is what God told to Abraham in Genesis 22 and 2. But yet he already had an older son in Ishmael, right? Because now it sounds like the Bible is... Now, this is where some people will say, well, it's contradicting itself because God's, God tells Abraham, um, he's, te he's testing Abraham if, in, in God's own words, if sacrificing his only son, Isaac. Now, at this point, this is where the wisdom and truth of the Holy Spirit kicks in. This is why it's important to incorporate the Holy Spirit into your lives because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Now, at this point, 
I apply my own assumption, okay, my own assumption in, in accordance with the will and nature of God, okay? Now, I'm, I'm applying this in accordance to the will and nature of God, knowing his nature, knowing his will, okay, knowing his ways. That God referred to Isaac as an only son because Sarah was barren. And at that age, she wasn't supposed to have children. And remember, she even laughed at the notion of it. And knowing the nature and ways of God from what I've learned is that he loves to do the impossible. He loves to show what can't be done. And Isaac was a can't be done whilst Ishmael was out of order. And remember, God's grace and goodness still watched over and blessed Ishmael, even though it would lead to his descendants being in opposition to God himself. <clears throat> so again, I say, this is my own assumption of why God said that Isaac was his only son. Again, it was a situation of being out of order, of being disobedient to God's um, to God's plan, to God's order. He's being disobedient. And I liken this to, I liken this to um, when, when, when God the Father says, refers to Jesus as his only begotten son. And I looked up the word begotten. Begotten means to procreate. Because if you recall in the Old Testament, the angels are referred to as sons of God, correct? They're referred to as sons of God. So even then he's, he, he's saying that my only begotten son, meaning he is procreated. He was in the flesh. He is his only son in the flesh. So there's a reference, there, 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 there's a um, precedent right there when he will refer to as an only son, but yet there were others. You see, you see what I'm saying? So in this situation, he refers to Isaac as an only son to Abraham because it was not through the womb of Sarah. If you follow what I'm saying here, it was not through the womb of Sarah. And I know some of you may think, oh, that, that's convoluted. I'm just going by the ways of the Lord here. I'm just going by the precedent that was already set in the situation with Jesus. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, it was already it was already set beforehand, even though, even though. Jesus came after the situation in the flesh. <clears throat> but that, to me, that's one of those situations you just have to go with the flow of it. <laughs> you just have to go with the flow of what God was doing in, the, in this situation. But anyway, this is what God told Abraham. 
he would sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though Ishmael was 13 years older. But God's situation was for Sarah to conceive. And the lineage had to be in line with Jesus. There could be no interruptions. <clears throat> so, again, I've learned that God loves to do the impossible. He loves to show what can't be done. And as I said, Isaac was a can't be done whilst Ishmael was out of order. And remember, God's grace and goodness still watched over and blessed Ishmael, even though it would lead to his descendants being in opposition to God himself. Now, some would contend that Christians will accept the Bible. Muslims will side with the Quran. The discussion comes down to, to a your word against mine type of argument, at least in the eyes of some. But the issue is more fundamental than that. The question is really this, which book is the revelation of God? Both volumes claim inspiration, but obviously both cannot be inspired. The difference of Isaac versus Ishmael is just one of hundreds of discrepancies between the Bible and the Quran. And many of these differences concern crucial themes. For example, the nature of God, the identity of Christ and God's plan of salvation. Before one commits to a system of religion, it is necessary to inquire into the source of that religion. If the Bible is from heaven, then Christianity is the true religion. If the Quran is from God, then Islam is the genuine system. Concerning the Bible, we observe that it is made up of a sort of DNA code, a set of traits that identifies it as being from God. There are a number of identifying characteristics that reveal the Bible's divine origin. The scriptures, although recorded by approximately 40 human writers over a period of some 1,500 years, contain an amazing unity of purpose and doctrine. This includes many prophecies, for example, detailed predictions that are later fulfilled perfectly. And although challenged by the most renowned skeptics, the Bible is found to be without error. It has been vindicated countless times, and men are ever trying to catch up with the scriptures. But the Quran, despite its claims, lacks the marks of divine revelation. Its substandard treatment of women is no secret to anyone familiar with Islam. The book contains numerous historical inaccuracies like the chronological misplacement of persons, events, and etc. And here's one example. In relating the events of the Exodus and the wilderness wandering, the Quran says they disbelieved the signs of God and slew the prophets unjustly. And this coming from the Surah 25, 57 through 61 in the Quran. So who were the prophets in the wilderness? That expression, the prophets, usually designates a special ministry of servants who lived at a later time in Israel's history. And this passage from the Surah 2559 
in the Quran is one of the, the numerous errors which abound in the Quran. And I'll put it plainly that the Bible speaks directly in saying what is and what isn't, while the Quran speaks in maybe and perhaps. So before us are two books. One is flawless and divine, which is the Bible. The other, the Quran, which is error-ridden and the product of a self-styled prophet who was no prophet at all. One encourages us to love our enemies, while the other promotes conversion by force and jihad, which is holy war. The Bible records that God tested Abraham in sacrificing Isaac, and Abraham was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. The Quran, Muslim scholars claim, implies that Abraham came to God to offer Ishmael as a sacrifice, but this is an error. The issue is, which book is God's? God's book is perfect with a high moral tone. It is filled with marks of divine inspiration that are beyond the possibility of human production. That book is the Holy Bible. No said. Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Thank you.